Hi, this is Greg Burke. Hey, Jan Levy. Hi, this is Jeff Hill with Remote Home Check. This is Kathy Kanev. You've been listening to Between Two Trains. Hi, this is Theo, and you are listening to Between Two Trains, a bi-monthly business podcast where we interview the best and brightest entrepreneurs in the North Cab area. Today, your host is Van Pappas of Oxygen Financial and special guest Mark Berkey of Oxygen Financial. And now, another episode of Between Two Trains. Okay, welcome. Thank you, Theo, for that fabulous introduction. Today we got a great show coming to you. Uh, we got two individuals, uh, the owner of Blue Top Restaurant in downtown Chambly and Terminus Real Estate. They kind of actually are uh, intertwined, and we'll talk about that. But I am so excited today because we have a special guest co-host Mr. Mark Berkey from Oxygen Financial is going to be co-hosting because Jason and Tom are not available. So, um, Mark, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. So, uh, you are not only a good friend and a co-host, but you are a fellow, let's call you Oxygenite. Is that a proper word? Good word for me. Uh, You work for Oxygen Financial along with me. And uh, tell me a second. I don't know that our listeners have ever really heard about who Oxygen is. Uh, What do you do for Oxygen? Well, what I do is I help my clients really look at the big picture. So we bring all the pieces together. So even if assets aren't technically under our management, we have a way of looking at all of it with a great dashboard. So when I had a client the other day ask me, What happens to our plan if we don't get any Social Security? We were able to easily pull all the Social Security estimated income out of it, and they still had assets at age 95, so she was happy that I could quickly and easily answer a question like that that was a concern. So you're doing private financial planning for individuals? Yep. And also business business owners? owners. Small business owners. All right, well... um, We appreciate you being on the show, and we're not going to take too much time. Normally, we do a section here called Entrepreneur Talk, where we talk about a specific subject. But since we have two guests today, I really want to bring them on, uh, because I think we're going to need the full 30 minutes just to hear their story and get eased in. So we'll take a short commercial break uh, to get our sponsors uh, on the show, and then we'll come back with Andy Lasky from Blue Top and Taylor Smith from Terminus Real Estate. You're listening to Between Two Trains. Do you want to get on the freight train of social media marketing? Go to www.turnsocialintosales.com. Use the code Chamley to get $100 off to the single best two-day social media boot camp you will ever attend. Are you tired of not getting leads on LinkedIn or Facebook, SEO not working, or figuring out how to get on TV and radio and much more? Go to www.turnsocialintosales.com for a two-day boot camp special for Shambly. Use the code Shambly for $100 off. Go to turnsocialintosales.com today. Welcome back to Between Two Trains. This is a business podcast that you can hear twice a month. And if you are not familiar, we record this on, in Shambly, downtown Shambly. If you haven't been to downtown Shambly recently, you really need to check it out. There's all kinds of great things going on. Uh, Just this week, the Development Authority came out with their uh, downtown town center plan, and it's exciting stuff that's going on. 
And so we've got two guests that uh, have a lot of information about the downtown because their businesses are in downtown Chambly that we want to bring on. Andy Lasky from Blue Top and Taylor Smith from Termas. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How are y'all? Great. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Van. Good. So let's start with um, Andy. Um, you own Blue Top Restaurant, and it's right on Peachtree Road. And um, you know, when did you start this business? It's been, what, about a year now? So this August, it'll be a year. We opened up August 19th, 2017, and uh, just love the, the vibe and the activity and the youthfulness of everything that Shambly has to offer. So... It's in an interesting building. So the building um, used to be an old cab stand. Is that what it was? Yeah, the Pierce family uh, of Pierce Drive owns the building. I lease the building from them. And uh, in the 1940s and 1950s, it was a taxi stand called Blue Top Taxi Stand. And that's how I came up with the name Blue Top. Uh, I try to keep things pretty simple, and that was a simple name for, for a historic place, and uh, that's what we went with. Excellent. Is, uh, is this the first time owning a restaurant for you? Yeah, it is. I, uh, in college, many, many years ago, I majored in hotel and restaurant management and worked with a company out of college for three years uh, running restaurants, and then moved to Atlanta in uh, 83, 1983, and joined a family business. Re restaurants are so difficult to run. My father was in the restaurant business. You know, being Greek, you, you can't be a Greek man without owning a restaurant at some point. Um, so tell us, you know, what some of the challenges are getting up to that moment where you opened. And now, you know, a year or so into it, you know, are you seeing things that you said, man, I should have done this differently or... Well, I, I think you always learn from your experiences and, um, you know, probably not often do the same thing twice, having learned from doing it the first time. However, uh, you know, we've been very, very pleased with uh, the level of business, the welcome that we've been given from Shambly into the community. Uh, we're very kid-friendly uh, restaurant where we have a lot of families come in the early part of the evening. And then towards, you know, about 8, 8.30, the kids go home and, and the, the young adults start coming out, which is, you know, a great transition for the restaurant. So I'm glad you mentioned the kids because when I first came to your restaurant, when it opened, I was very impressed because it's got a really different concept to try to attract that young family. You know, in, at the back end of your restaurant, you have what I almost call like your backyard. It's got picnic tables, a grassy area, you know, games for the kids. Um, it almost feels like, hey, I'm cooking out in my backyard and just relaxing. Um, is that what you were going for with that? or? Yeah, actually, you know, you sort of nailed it. Um, you know, we wanted a, a environment where you feel like you're going over to someone's house, going in their backyard having a cookout or just playing with some games. We have a bocce ball court. Uh, we have cornhole. We have children's picnic tables that the kids really enjoy. You know, and there just aren't many places in Atlanta where you know, young adults can go and have a cocktail and be by themselves while at the same time have their kids you know, in, in a back safe environment where they 
you know, can't escape. It's all closed off. They ki- the kids can't get out of there. That's that's correct. Unless they not not that it's unless a cage they or scale anything. the wall. <laughs> right. We haven't had anybody do that yet. But um, you know, it's it's a fun environment, and and I love having children around. I have a two and a half year old granddaughter who kind of tests everything out for us. And, um, you know, it's just been a great experience. Now, this granddaughter is uh, your co-guest here, yeah. Taylor Smith from Terminus Real, Real Estate. This is your daughter. Yeah, Holland. So you're very much involved with the restaurant, too, or what's your involvement with the restaurant? I'm a, a cheerleader, basically. Cheerleader, yeah. all right. Yeah. But you, you own Terminus Real Estate, and y'all do um various real estate deals some of them in downtown Chambly uh tell us maybe about uh, so you didn't always own Termis you used to work for Lee and Associates yeah, correct I at Lee and Associates for seven and a half years so I've always curious you you took that leap and you said I'm going to start my own business yeah I'm going to leave the safety and security of a larger organization like Lee and mm-hmm. Associates to create this Terminus uh, you know tell us about that experience um so basically, I was at Lee and Associates for seven and a half years, and throughout that time, it was a, it was a great place to be and learn real estate. Um, but it was becoming increasingly evident that I was bringing in a lot more of my own business and uh, just needed to make a change. And I knew I wanted to do something very entrepreneurial and start acquiring properties, and um, which is a little it's a little harder to do at a big brokerage shop. So um, the, the goal was to basically still have my brokerage business, but also go in and start acquiring properties which uh, Andy and I have done together. So Andy and I... So Andy is not only the owner of Butop, but he partners with you on your real estate deals for Terminus. Yes, that's right. So it's basically, it's two companies. It's Terminus Commercial Real Estate Partners is the brokerage company, and then there's another company called Terminus Allied Capital. That's the investment arm that Andy and I are 50-50 on. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, besides two of you, are there any other family members involved with all this? They're uh, all involved. They're all involved. <laughs> Even the two-year-old that uh, yeah, everybody gets a set. product there's, tests yeah. everything at the restaurant. Yeah. No, it's it's everybody. There's there's a committee. So anyway. So tell us about uh, maybe can you are you allowed to tell us about maybe whatever your latest uh, real estate deal is? What are you working on currently? Um, Something you can tell the public. Yeah, I mean, so the latest uh, was actually we acquired. Uh, the Eugenia's Hardware, which is 5370 Peachtree Road, which is that, next That's door, right next to Blue Top. Next to Blue Top. And okay. that was part of the reason why we acquired it was because there was some synergies with, you know, having that. And it's, obvious, it's also just a great property. It was built in the 1950s. Um, it has some just really unique archite- architectural accents that you just don't find. Press 10 ceiling. The brick is in unbelievable condition. Uh, it's just it's a really it's a beautiful building. So we look forward to getting started on that and fixing. Do it you up. have some plans on what it's going to be? This is not an expansion of Blue Top. Well, we're there's one p- potential for that which we're still working on. There's a small space that maybe uh, we do a small sister concept for Blue Top in, but that's still in the early stages. Um, but you know, with all these redevelopments, it's you know it's you know we got to get through the construction phase and. And see what we have at the end of the day, but um, we don't. We try not to do too much to the to the actual building. So, um, in the first segment, uh, I mentioned uh, the the downtown development authority coming out with their master plan for the downtown, and so these properties are going to be pretty much adjacent to that. I know you're pretty knowledgeable on on that plan and what's coming out. What are your views on the way the city's moving forward, and how is that affecting your real estate deals? Um, I think it's, it's, you know, it's not really, 
affecting it and you know it's it's just a great long-term uh, vision that the city has I think and we're, we're excited to see them get started on that and I think Seven Oaks has really done a good job in shepherding the process. Se Seven Oaks is the development That's firm right. that the DDA has yeah. partnered with. That's correct. So yeah and I think they've done a really good job in shepherding the process and trying to hone it down and, and keeping it to where it's not some huge you know massive mixed-use development but more in scale with a, a historic downtown. So, uh, you know, we're excited about it, um, but it's one of those things that it's just, you know, we're, we're excited for it to get started, so. And what would you tell a potential entrepreneur uh, the most important thing to do when starting a business? Ask for help. Uh, ask for help from who? Everyone. From everyone. I mean, I, I, you know, one of the things I think about when I first started Terminus, and it kind of started at the same time I started doing, doing work in Shambly, was Andy uh, was a you know, he was one I was talking to almost daily about how do I go about doing these things and starting my business and taking the leap. He, he you know, he'll tell you I should have done it two years earlier. Um, but then also, you know, meeting with guys like you, Van, when, when I first got up here. You know, y'all were, you're, you were a big cheerleader of mine and, 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 and encouraging me to, to, you know, look at this deal or, you know, approach so-and-so at the city. So it's just, you know, asking for help and, uh, you know, hopefully listening to the advice you get too as well but um that's that's probably the best and andy what was your background if this was your first restaurant what was your background before the restaurant primarily larger uh manufacturing operations i was typically uh in the operational end of the business and i have business partner who ran sales and financial end of it uh so you know we we complemented each other well uh, I was in the pet food business twice. Um, I had a shoe manufacturing company that manufactured men's formal wear shoes and women's bridal diable shoes and pageant shoes. Uh, had that business for about 15 years. And then uh, I was in a truck washing manufacturing business, basically uh, large vehicle wash systems for tractor trailers, box cars. You know, our, our customers were Ryder, Penske, Walmart. Uh, and then we manufactured the chemicals that go along with that. We sold that business to Zepp about seven years ago. Um, and always had the desire and interest of restaurants and uh, just like being around people and seeing the instant gratification of our guests as well as you know, giving opportunities to our staff uh, from a standpoint of, you know, a busy restaurant is nice wages for the employees. And, um, you know, we're, we're proud that we haven't lost any employees that, that uh, you know, have been supportive and type of people that we want to have in our business. But, um, you know, it's, it's been very good. You, you um, it sounds like you've done a lot in your life, and I'm really impressed with that. But you mentioned the employees. So currently, Blue Top has how many employees? You know, I would say we probably have about 25 employees. So, you know, it seems like in the marketplace now, it's getting hard to, I mean, unemployment is at, you know, getting at historic lows. Are you, did you find it difficult when you started the restaurant getting help or you know, it is, are waiters and waitresses and chefs and cooks and bartenders, are, are they pretty easy to come by these days or not? You know, 
Uh, a lot of it has to do with the environment of the facility. Um, you know, we're you're, you're saying you're so great that they just well, no, no, <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> no, but we have we have a good time. Uh, you know, we're a fast casual restaurant, so you know, you order at the counter, and uh, you get a number, then you find a table, and from there you're pretty much taken care of by the servers. Um, however, I really didn't know what the gratuities would be. So when we opened, uh, you know, typically a restaurant pays about two fifteen an hour, um, and and we opened up in excess of five to seven dollars an hour for our staff. So um, you know they're very very well compensated, and uh, it's a fun place to work, and. You know, we have great customers and have a good time. Let, let's talk about that ordering system. You know, I'm curious because it is a little bit different than your standard restaurant where you walk in and either you seat yourself or a hostess seats you here. You walk in and you order right at the front before you go get your seat. Um, what's been the feedback from the community? Have you had to train them in that mentality? Or has it been pretty easy to say, all right, they, they understand the process when they come into Blue Top? You know, ours is a little bit of a hybrid, but basically we followed the pattern from Taqueria del Sol, who has a location up at the Whole Foods Shopping Center at uh, Peachtree and Peachtree Boulevard, uh, just up the street. But basically, you know, there as well, you place your order, uh, then you get a table, and the food is brought out to you. The reason that we do that is, it's my experience, if we were to go on a wait, uh, the the table turns would be far greater than the time that any of our guests have had a stand in line waiting on a table. But once once our tables are full uh, and there's nowhere else for the for the customers to sit, then you know we don't take any more orders for a period of a couple minutes, and then someone will get up and then we you know, continue with the process. So that probably also helps in the kitchen with them processing the food because now they know there's a capacity that they're going to process at. Uh, is, is that what you're finding in the kitchen? Uh, yes, to, to some degree that's, you know, it's, it's all the flow. So mm -hmm. it's, it's good to be able to control it. Well, you've been listening to Between Two Trains, a business podcast, and if you want to hear past episodes of Between Two Trains, you can find them on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud. I'm very excited to announce that just this past month, uh, we got picked up by Google Play Music. You can now hear it on Google Play Music as well, so any place that you listen to your podcast. Um, let's circle back around to you, Taylor, and tell us a little bit more about some of the past projects maybe you've done. Um, you were involved in the sort of rehab of um, the strip mall there at Broad and Peachtree. What do we actually call in that strip mall? We still call it Rust and Dust uh, because that was where old Rust and Dust Antiques was. So... Um that's what you officially call the strip is yeah, that's the we, rust and that's dust. That's what we officially call it. I don't right. know what other people call it, but gotcha. keep, keep the history. In we there. keep the history. Yeah. Well, the you history. know, and and one of the things that I know a lot of people, uh, you know, our mayor and council were very impressed with you that you kept that mural, uh, that rust and dust mural that's on the side of the building, uh, even though rust and dust has moved out. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about why you chose to do that and and how. Has that helped any with the the concept, or you know, I think it's it's an iconic um, it's an iconic wall. Uh, we were originally toying with putting a window through it 
just to preserve it because we thought, you know, a tenant would come in and say, well, I don't want to be confused with an antique store. So we were concerned that they were going to get rid of it. Any tenant was going to say, you got to get rid of that altogether. Um, but we were fortunate enough to where um, we took a gamble and said, you know, let's just let's keep it. It makes sense to keep it. And um, it's the reaction's been great. It's it's just part of the fabric of the neighborhood. And, um, you know, it doesn't con- cause any confusion for any, you know, for the business that's there, which is Gus's Fried Chicken. And uh, you, like you you, said, now you're 100 percent occupied, right? Yeah, Every unit's so we, we you uh, have. Yeah, we are 100 percent leased in that uh, center. That so besides a, Gus's, we have uh, we have uh, Dutchman's uh, Furniture, which is a furniture store uh, based out of which I believe they're coming on the show later in the fall. Oh, they are great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're they're great. And then uh, we have Paper Daisies, uh, which yeah. does stationery, uh, high end stationery. And then we have the Commodore, which is our barber shop. And they're um they're great. All all great tenants. All doing really well. Uh, we're we're really thrilled with how that that was our first project that Andy and I did together. And we were really happy with how things turned out there. And then we've gone on to since acquire the building next door to it, uh, which is a two story office building, which we're in the process of uh, leasing that out right now and finishing up construction. And then we'll get on to the the Eugenius building here shortly too. So, outside of those three, is is that what we got in the hopper right now? Well, we're also working on a, a project in downtown Roswell as well. So okay, um, so it's a similar it's a similar type of product. It's you know this historic neighborhood retail. Uh, they're old uh, buildings from the ni- uh, excuse me eighteen hundreds up there, and it's about twenty four thousand square feet of uh, retail space up there that we're leasing out. What was the biggest challenge in uh, opening your business and starting it? Um, I guess the biggest challenge uh, probably was probably just deciding to do it. And then, then you know, I, I joked that the first day, you know, was I was fighting my printer, and then I finally won the, the battle of the printer and got my printer to work the first day I was, you know, that was, but, you know, it's just those kind of little things. You kind of get, you get bogged down, and, you know, it's the saying, you work on your business or in your business, and that, that's, that's fairly true. I mean, there's, there's some truth. Was, was it difficult coming up with capital to do this, or you had enough relationships being in real estate to, to find the capital you'd need uh, from banks or whatnot? Um, I think for the first project it was challenging. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we for the first project it was challenging, but um, it you know it, the capital was not the hard part on the on was not really the hard part. The harder parts of these deals, if you're asking on the real estate deal, is is typically the construction is is difficult. But I'm thankful I have somebody like Andy that's really adept at dealing with those kind of with dealing with the trades uh, and negotiating those contracts and keeping everybody on time, and then. Um, the, also, the other thing is just finding the deal. You know, it's it's just hard to find, you know, real estate that you can acquire at a reasonable basis and make a, a reasonable well, with return. the way the real estate market's going, uh, yeah, I, I don't doubt difficult. that. Yeah, it's, that's that's the harder part is finding the deal and then also just, you know. Now, we had uh, a couple of months ago a competitor of yours, Robert Pond, yeah. came on the show. I mean, would you say y'all battle over those are, you know, I mean, you said it's hard to find the deal. I mean, are you finding, hey, you know, these guys, you know, I, I got I got the same guys. I'm going after the same deals. We definitely probably have, but it's not as, that's not the, you know, I, I wouldn't say that that's, we, we, it's not as, it is competitive, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's plenty to go around. There's plenty to go around. Yeah. So you would never part, would you partner with someone like that? With like a Robert? Yeah. I think it depends on, yeah. I mean, you never say. All right, Robert, if you're listening to this, yeah. give Taylor yeah, a call. Is, <laughs> I, think he, I think he knows how yeah, to reach you. The, the, other, the other stumbling block, though, also, I would 
throw in there is, you know, the variances and the zoning and, you know, getting the, the approvals and the plans. I mean, that, that all is very cumbersome. And, you know, if, if you haven't done it and, and you try to do it, it's just much, much, much more than you think it's going to be. And, and you know, the, the properties can, can, I don't, you're gonna cut this up. No, 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 no. We're not. We're not gonna cut anything out because I'm glad you brought that up. Because you know, I I went through that process as we redeveloped the Huntley Hills Swim and Tennis Club. So I am interested to know your feelings on that. If there's stuff that could be done to make the process. I mean, is it a process problem? Is it a code problem? Is it too restrictive? Um, you know, I mean, where where is the disconnect to make it so that our business community can be successful. Well, I don't know that I would so much say it's a disconnect. It's just a it's just a a long tedious process, and and it takes a long time to get through that process. Patience. Yeah, I, and I understand that you you kind of understand why the city has these things in place. I mean, the code is set up now so that basically everything has to go in front of council, which is fine. You you do want to have some people checking to make sure that it's an appropriate project that's coming through. Um, but it's, you know, at the same time, it, it, you know, there's probably some changes that could be made to the code. And for sure, there's always there's always room for improvement. So you, you for you, it's more of, hey, we need to improve the code a little. The process is OK. You understand the process. You've been through it a number of times. You know what to expect that. Yeah, or, I mean, or is there something that could be made easier in the process? I mean, you know, I, I will I will commend. I mean, I, since we started doing work up here, I think that it, we've seen an, an improvement. And significant improvement. Significant improvement in city staff. I mean, John Walker, city manager, is is, is wonderful. Um, we, you know, the development department has been great as well. Um, you know, Matt Dickinson and his team is doing a really good job, and it's, you know, it, we find them to be very fair and, you know, willing to kind of educate us on what they see and what we, you know, how to address certain challenges. So, you know, that's been great. I think that the code should be, you know, should be more updated to the current market conditions. So you mentioned you're working on a project in Roswell. Do you have a target area of town that you want to focus, or are you open to expanding geographically? So, so the property. I, be, I, I believe Mark is asking because he's from Roswell, correct? No. Oh, <laughs> I live in Atlanta now. Oh, okay. No. The property we acquired is at 120 and Atlanta Road, out there, right across from uh, the Roswell Square. Uh, it's for. Uh, Freestanding buildings. The largest building is the one Taylor mentioned that was built in 1854, I yeah. believe. Uh, and it's right under two acres, so it'll be a much larger project. Um, but uh, that's that's what we're going to be focusing on is that corner right there. We're, we, you know, there's not as far as expansion. We're, you know, we got our we got our plate full, so we're good between Roswell and Chambly. We'll look okay. at other opportunities as they present themselves. But you know, we like the historic downtowns. We think from a, um, you can't Amazon your way out of a historic downtown. So that's the you know we feel pretty secure in that. And typically these biz these buildings can't be duplicated or won't be duplicated. Yeah, uh, and they have a lot of charm and character, and that's what we like. Well, keeping the, the history mm -hmm. in the, the building here is important, and bringing that history in brings a unique piece to it. That's right. 
Well, we are going to move into our last segment, which is a fun game we like to call Hot or Not. And so I'm going to start us off uh, with one that y'all can both answer. Um, marrying an entrepreneur, is that a hot thing or not such a hot thing? Marrying an entrepreneur. I wonder, I'm like thinking of what my wife would say right, <laughs> right. now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she would say hot. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's hot if you can, you know, go with the flow. If you can, you know, you know, you can and ride the wave. You have to find a balance. Yeah. It's very important to find a balance. What about downtown Shambly? Downtown Shambly. Too hot. Very hot. <laughs> too hot? No, no, seriously, is it too <laughs> hot? No, no, it's hot. Do we need to slow down? or uh, no, we, The good. temperature's too hot, but I'm not complaining about <laughs> no, that either. No, it's yeah. good. All right, so turning to the restaurant business, it seems like these days everyone wants to go to chef-driven restaurants. Is a chef-driven restaurant a hot thing or not such a hot thing? I think it's a hot thing. I think you have to find its place for it. Um, you know, we have fast casual food that is chef-driven, um, but, you know, we try to have a lot of fun with it at the same time. Nice. What about local brew pubs? Yeah, yeah. Think, about, uh, that's a good one, Mark. Yeah, I think that's hot, and it's going to be, more importantly, not just the brew pub, which is more of a restaurant and a brewery. Uh, you're going to start to see a significant amount of breweries um, opening up in the city uh, yeah. in the foreseeable future. We actually just signed a lease with a tenant at the building next to Rust and Dust, and they're going to open up a brewery in downtown Shambly, which we're excited to announce. So they is that fall. something we can announce? We can announce it, yes. All right. Now, is this uh, the group that you and I have talked with in the uh, last, or no, is this a different group? This is a different group. This okay. is a Contrast Artists and Nails. Contrast Artists and Nails. And they're going to be where now? They're going to be at um, 5502 Peachtree Road. So this is the building next yeah. to the garages. the garages there next to your rust and dust That's correct. complex. Yep. That's right. And this is going to be a, a brewery, not it's a brew a brewery, pub. It's a brewery, yeah. Which they've changed the rules now That's on right. breweries. The breweries can do what? They, they can, can do on-premise consumption. On-premise. And so, sales. And sales. So, so I yeah. can go buy a 12-pack or a keg or whatnot yeah, from, yeah. directly from them. That's right. There's no wholesaler. There's no, there's no distributor involved. And uh, you're looking to get them when? Uh, I think they'll probably hope. Open around September would be my guess. Wow, that's soon. So, well, no, no, Andy's shaking his head. Andy doesn't I believe that's soon. <laughs> I don't know. But this you're looking Hopefully for this by year. By the end of the year. The, by the end of the year, we will have a a brewery in downtown Shamble. Right. You heard it first on Between Two Trains. Um, well, we appreciate y'all coming on. Did you have another hot or not? No? I'm good. Okay. Well, we appreciate, guys, that uh, y'all came on the show. Um, you've been listening to Between Two Trains. You can hear us on all kinds of sources like uh, iTunes and SoundCloud and our website, BetweenTwoTrains.com. So, fellas, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, is there any you know, contact information you want to give out to the, to the community? Yeah, you can go on our website, which is uh, TerminusCRE.com. Um, that's all our information's there. So you, you, you people with land, give Taylor Smith a call. Yeah. And, and I'm and typically right there at Blue Top at 5362 Peachtree Road. Uh, my email address is andyl at bluetopshambly.com. And, and y'all are open every day of the week or y'all close? Seven days a week. Seven days a week. Uh, just as a follow-up, why do sometimes restaurants close? I mean, I, you know, my, my favorite Mexican restaurant closes on Monday. 
I don't know, but you can you, always come to Blue Tom. You can always <laughs> come to Blue Tom. <laughs> well, fellas, thank you for uh, being on the show. And Mark, thank you for co-hosting with me. We will be back in two weeks uh, with a business called Jewel Creations. So uh, check us out then. Thanks a lot. <laughs>